Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Happy Wednesday to you. Happy Wednesday. Uh, we are what I like to call the nexus of the sports talk universe. We're halfway through the halfway through the week show. So welcome into uh, that. It's I always like to say this is practically the weekend. So you're, you're, you're basically there. You're halfway through Wednesday. It's 2.03. It's 2.04. Just changed why I said that. You're, you're, you're just sliding downhill at this point. As soon as I get up, I wake up, and it was Wednesday. I say, oh, yeah, Thursday's here. Sure. <laughs> Man, this I... day is over with. As soon as I get up, this day is over with. So then that leads to confusion, as always, <laughs> for me, on what day it is. Uh, uh, we got some breaking news? Well, somebody sent us this, but it doesn't look like it's a real account. Um. It, it doesn't look like anybody else is reporting this. Uh, Dean Blevins, OKC TV. There is a guy. There's a. T- Uh-oh. Well, we want to go on a good note first. Uh, Kenny Vaccaro, uh retired. Retired. Yeah, he's going to start his eSports G1, it's called. Good for Business him. And everything else. Eight years he got in. He's a good, it was a good, 15th pick of the draft. Good player. Yeah, good dude. Good dude, smart. uh, Good for him. Mm -hmm. When you got to leave football, one of the days you were gone, Alex Apple and I were talking about this, and I said, football is really the only sport that decides it's done with you. Yeah, it does. Yeah, you try to frame it with that. Like, I'm, no, it it was done with me. It decides it's done with you because for some people, it's high school and no college offers you anything. So you're like, okay, football's done with me. Or heavens, you, you get to go to college and then no NFL team calls. And so football's done with you. Or, or, or you are one of the percentage of a percentage of people who actually ever play in the NFL. And then because of injury or somebody better comes along or whatever, then football decides it's even Adrian Peterson. Ultimately, yeah. football says, hey, we're done with you. You did a great job. We're done with you. You know, you can play basketball in a church league for the rest of your life. Play tennis or golf. You can do a lot of that stuff. There's no, like, tackle football church league. You can't really get that. You scratch that itch anywhere else. Much, we have Randy Moss, Adrian Peterson. Who else did we have? Uh, at, uh, no, he's not a Hall of Famer. Carl Pickens, Big Pen. I think who, we had somebody else. Oh, Steve Hutchison. I think he's going to be a Hall of Famer uh, if he's not already in. Um. So, but, but you about to put out this rumor? Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> um, you better be careful, Mickey. I know this is making you really uptight. I, I see you. I don't want to say bad out. information. I don't want to be a place where people turn it on and we tell them something that's not true. But uh, Brett, I I don't know what you've seen. Brett Bachelor filling in today for Lucas. There's a 24 seven reporter who says another name has entered the mix at Oklahoma at the final hour, but he didn't say anything else. But here's uh. He didn't go rumor mill? He didn't say anything. Uh, uh, Dean Blevins, our, our buddy um, Vols to the Wall, sent us this. Dean Blevins, his Twitter account says, OKC KWTV. So we need to try to confirm that this is a real person or not. He's got 2,000 Twitter followers. Okay, we're working to confirm if he's a real person. This is what this guy tweeted. Breaking from Norman. Oklahoma has agreed in terms with Ole Miss football head coach Lane Kiffin. That, oh, no. He will become the new head coach for Oklahoma. This story is developing. So I'm looking at this guy. I'm looking at this. Surely this is not a TV guy. Um, Dean Blevins. It says he is followed by John Bryce. Uh, he's followed by some people that we follow. Uh-oh. 
Uh, we need to find out if this is a real person. Yeah, we need to. We need to get John Bryce back on. We'll we may have to. All right, he's a real person. All right, this is real time. So we're trying to uh, KW TV. That would be. Okay, so this is a fake account. All right, we don't want to get fooled by a fake account. All right, it is spelled differently. That's why I'm saying I want to be very, very careful here. But the 24-7 reporter is saying that a new name in the mix, right? That's all he said? Correct. So the 24-7 reporter saying there's a new name in the mix. He's yet to mention the name, but the report that came out about Lane Kiffin, that Twitter account is coming from an actual reporter in Oklahoma, but it's a parody of that guy. So the, the name, Dean Blevins, is real, but the Twitter account is spelled differently as a fake account. Okay, so it's like fake Adam Schefter, who's yes. a, a darn Schefter, I think exactly. is the way he spells it. Okay, all right. Well, like I said, we're not trying to get fooled or fool you. Ole Miss fans, take a breath. So, so, who's, on, yeah, so who's on the list, though? Act like someone's been added to the list. Uh, well, who was on the list for Oklahoma? I haven't heard anything about Oklahoma. Have you? No. Oh, well, man. I haven't, uh, yeah, that's. So Brad Crawford is a verified account with 24-7. He says another name has entered the mix at Oklahoma at the final hour. Uh, he says Oklahoma is the level of job where you can offer one candidate and you're confident in that offer. He can't see the Sooners getting in the weeds with their third or fourth choices. Uh, it's OU. Um, so that might be something along the lines of, for anybody who might have been worried about Josh Heupel, no Tennessee fan that I've talked to seems worried that Heupel is going to get that they would get to him in that search or that it would get that far that Heupel wants the job. But uh, it seems like this guy's saying they're going to make one offer and that guy's going to, they feel like they're going to take it. But but who it is, I don't know. I wonder if they, if that guy's saying like a candidate. Some people say they were going to offer a Cliff uh, Kingsbury. Yeah. From the, the Cardinals. But you got, I mean, you're like one of the top seeds in the NFL and you've got Kyler Murray at quarterback. I think you'd have to say, I guess if they offered you enough money. Well, what? Well, by the way, he would get a pay raise if he probably left Oklahoma. He would. For Oklahoma. Oh, gosh, he would. I don't think the NFL head coach, well, at least in his situation, is making you know, upwards of uh, you know, $10 million. And that's probably what he could get. Yeah, and nine and a half, nine, nine and a half, ten just seems to be the – that's a jumping off point now for the biggest schools. Dang. <laughs> Ooh. All right. We, we did not get fooled. We reasoned our way through it. Fake Dean Blevins. We, 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 no alarm here. We, we, we saw another, it. It was sent to us. On the list, though. We figured our way through it, but there is a second report. Somebody new on the list. All right. Calls on the line. Let's take these calls. Mark Spain, real estate hotline, Mason, and then JT. This is JT's second call. Let's grab JT first. Hey, JT. Thanks for calling. This is JT, producer. Hey, how you doing? Good. You faking JT. Um, you had a lot of calls where people are second-guess the coach and the play calling. Um, I want to second-guess the business aspect of the Titans. Like, do they ever look at their ROI, the return on investment? It's like they keep signing other teams' has-beens. <laughs> they don't produce. They're getting paid millions of dollars. To sit on the sideline with their injuries when in-house we have some serious talent with, like, Harold Landry and David Long. and Can't we, instead of going out and getting, like, Javon Clownies and I'll do respect Julio Jones and Bud Dupree and Gronkowski and all these other players that are 
not producing, even though they're still getting paid, sitting on the sidelines. Can we take that money and invest it in what we have already? Like right now, McCaffrey got hurt from Carolina, and he's out for the rest of the season, and my biggest fear is the Titans are going to go after him. <laughs> That's a mic drop. I, I, probably, yeah, I probably would doubt that very seriously. I don't think I'd go after McCaffrey. But, I mean, you know, to his point, you know, especially with the J- Javon uh, Clowney guy. The Javon Clowney guy, you know, <laughs> That guy was really good. That, that was a combination of Javon Kurtz <laughs> and Clowney. I mean, so Javon Clowney. Yeah, I know that was a great player. That was a well. That was a great investment. But <laughs> Jadavian Clowney. Yeah, that's why you made a mistake there. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that happens sometimes. But it's all about timing. Uh, when your contracts are up with your current players, you know, I, I learned this one as a player. I was like, dang man, I'm I'm up here going to the Pro Bowl and I'm making minimum salary. And then, meanwhile, we got some guys who were on the team, you know, early in my career that were starters that were injured and, you know, were really just uh, the last two years and were making big dough. Yep. Uh, so that happens all over the place, really. It's kind of, you know, it's timing's everything, and, you know, hopefully it works out for the players. If, you know, Harold Landry doesn't get paid here, he's going to get paid somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just going to happen. So yeah, it's unfortunate. But, yeah, it's, and also there's a business side to this, which is what you called and asked about. Sometimes big names also bring what crowded stands because everybody wants to see them. So you got to take that into the equation, and, and you're hoping that he can have enough in the tank to you know give you two you know two good years. Let's get the end. Mason in Nolensville, real quick. Mason, thank you for calling Blaine and Mickey. Hey, thanks for taking my call. I want to say I love y'all's show. Um, I haven't heard anybody mention this um, about the past two Titans games. And that is that the Titans have played the Texans coming off a bye and then the Pats coming off that mini bye with the Thursday night game. So how much does that play into the the losses, especially with the Titans being so banged up? We got a former NFL player right there. How how much did you feel better coming off a bye or even the mini bye like he's talking about? Absolutely played in the equation. That's why I was nervous about the Texans game and that's why I was nervous about the New England game, you know, or on the air uh, we're all for a week. But yeah, because the bye makes a huge difference. First of all, they get two weeks of preparation in the National Football League. That's eternity. Yeah. And they know how to execute and give you a shot. And, by the way, not only do they find things and they can go back and look at film after film and at different plays that actually worked against you, they also have players with fresher legs. Yep. And that does matter. As you hear Vrabel talking about it now with giving his guy some time off, not only physically but mentally. Yeah. So, yeah, I think a uh, great point by the caller there. Uh, I think it definitely would played into, uh, you know, those losses. Not to say that they wouldn't have still lost those games, but I think it played a huge part of it. Uh, last few days, fantastic phone calls. Y'all keep them up. Yeah. We we love taking uh, phone calls. Uh, 615-737-1045. Never don't call. If you've got something you want to know about, call, and we'll get around to you as soon as we can. And when we come back, we'll get around to Jordan DeJani. CBS Sports NFL reporter, lots of stuff to get to with him, and we will do that right around the corner on Blaine and Mickey. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. We're like a brick house. Building it up for a couple hours every afternoon. Did you just press a button right there, man? <laughs> Michael, hey, 
Jordan DeJani is going to join us in just a second. We'll conference Jordan in to answer this question. But first, Michael in Nashville on the Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline. Michael, what you got, man? Uh, you got me? Yes, Did sir. Me? Oh, we got you. Yes. yes. Okay. Maybe this is a, I'm just curious. Of, I go back. So, is there any way we could go back to, let's say, 1972, week 10, and look at how many people were on injured reserve? And do it 82, 92, 2002, 2012. I mean, do it by decade. And I guarantee you'll see the difference of players today of how much more they're on injured reserve than they were back in the day. Just a lot more. And I was just wondering if you ever thought about that. I can give you one example. Jim Marshall played for Minnesota, never missed a game, played 17 years. Played defensive tackle. That far broke his record for most consecutive games. So I just think it's pretty crazy. Players today, they just get hurt or they go on the injury reserve too easy. So I don't know. I just was wondering the comparison, and Blaine might know that answer too. So you can look it up. Or anyway, thank you. That's all I had to say. I appreciate the phone call, Michael. Um, let's conference in Jordan Dejani here on this. Jordan, do you know of any like bank? of information where we could go back in time and we could find like, you know, October 13th, the week of 1975, these guys were on injured reserve. You got access to that stuff at CBS sports. Hey, what's going on guys. Thanks for having me on. Uh, no, I don't think there's something like that, but at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised with the kind of advanced stats we have these days that there might be something out there like it. But I'm not betting on it. But I think your caller does have a point. But the other thing I'd point to is, of course, the new IR change, where players can, where we have an unlimited amount of players now that can be placed short term and then come off. That obviously gives teams the ability to place more players on IR because they can get them back. So uh, he does have a point, and I'm sure that Blaine would have a great answer to this as well. But <laughs> yes. that's definitely why we have a, a great. Uh, that's why it feels like we're seeing a lot more players go on IR over the past couple of years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to piggyback on what you guys say. I mean, but, you know, hey, I, I would say this. I'm, I'm going to start here. Every generation was that came before were tougher than the generation after them. I'm just say that. Just off the cuff. That's, yeah. that's how it is to me. It, my generation was tougher than the generation, uh, you know, that came after me. The generation before us were tougher. Let's start there. That's where I'm going to start. But now these guys are bigger, stronger, and faster. So then to me that leads to more injuries. It's just it's, the guys aren't, you know, they, they're almost like they're not real. Like these people, I mean, so then we're not a lot more knowledgeable as far as medicine, surgeries, uh, protecting the players mm -hmm. to a certain extent. So all those things kind of factor in. And I think we're a lot more smarter. So, uh, you know, with all that being said, I just think it's a trend. Now, do I think it should be as big as it is? And we're just talking about the Titans because that's who I'm really, you know, covering. No. I think there's a lot of factors into that. Besides all the things I just said, I'm going to just add in COVID. We don't know what that's actually done to people. Did you not get to work out as much? Were you limited on your workout? Was getting the shot make you weaker? You lost endurance, so then that put you in positions to get injured? I mean, you can go down a gamut of things to say at this point in time why they're having a lot of injuries. And I'm sure every case is its own individual case. Uh, but yeah, sometimes you just have those years where you have a lot of injuries. And typically when you have a lot of injuries, this is why I keep saying Vrabel and their staff, everybody wants to pick on the strength and conditioning coach or, or the, the training staff. Guess what? 
when you usually have a lot of injuries, especially to major players, you're usually not winning. You yeah. usually don't, you don't have a winning record. Yeah. So that usually goes hand in hand. So the guys that are getting to replace, even if they're stopgap guys, have done a really good job. Jordan DeJaney, our guest, CBS Sports. Hey, I wanted to ask you this. Uh, were you the guy who put the microphone on the goalpost for the Titans game this weekend? That's the loudest thing I've ever heard when Randy hit the goalpost on those two kicks. Yeah, it wasn't even one kick. It was both of them where my house shook because the volume of the doink was just so loud. i got to ask someone at CBS about that because that definitely stood out to me as well. Those were the loudest doinks I've ever heard in my life. Maybe we need to cut the volume down just a little bit as we head into Week 13. Um, you know what's crazy, Jordan? I, I I know you live around here now, so you're you're plugged into what the Titans are doing. Um, if they don't turn the ball over nine times and get none back, there's a, there's an easy chance. Even with the depleted roster, they win the last two weeks. I know there's always stuff to clean up. I know they're getting the second to last group of bye weeks uh, in the NFL. There's you know a group of four more teams I think that have one next week, but. Just stop turning the ball over, and we could be talking about something different, even with the injured players. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that's probably the number one storyline when it comes to the Titans' performance over the past couple of weeks. And number two, of course, not far behind, is, is how they're trying to operate with major injuries on both sides of the ball. So, you know, I think that's a pretty good uh, a point to look at. When, when I watched the, t- the tape of the Texans game, you know, the loss, it didn't feel as bad as it did when I was watching it in real time. It was just all those turnovers, and then the weather, of course, attributed to some of that as well. It seemed like a, a letdown spot for the Titans just in general as well. I was kind of ready to let that to let bygones be bygones when it came to that matchup. I wasn't too worried. But then, you know, coming into this week against the Patriots, I was looking at the injury report, and I was very concerned, especially with Julio Jones and now A.J. Brown on IR. Yeah. Before last week, the only time – that we had A.J. Brown and Julio Jones not in the starting lineup was against the Jets, and we all know how that matchup went. So coming into this game against a red-hot Patriots team on on the road, you know, I don't want to be a negative Nancy, and I know Alan Bell agreed with me as well. I thought the spread should have been a lot higher, but, you know, I'm still kind of impressed with how this Titans team operated, even with players that you had to go search up on Google because you didn't know where they came from. But again, it really did come down to turnovers. This game would have been a lot closer if they could have taken care of the ball. Credit to Dottrell Hilliard and Deonta Foreman for running the ball well, but of course, those fumbles were costly. So we'll see how exactly this offense is going to operate and if Mike Vrabel is going to make this a point of emphasis as we head down the final stretch of the regular season. He's not Jordan Dejani. He's Jordan Dejani. He joins us from CBS Sports, same time, same channel every week here on Blaine and Mickey. Yeah, I'm going to just call you DJ now from here on out. <laughs> JD, there you go. I mean, yeah, JD, I'm sorry. Uh, man, can Mac Jones, after watching him, and I watched him close before, and granted, the Titans didn't get any pressure on him. But, man, do you think he could lead New England because the command and control he had of that offense to an actual Super Bowl if they got the opportunity they made it that far and win it? In this season, in year one, no. I'm kind mm-hmm. of against that. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I write a Super Bowl odds column for CBS Sports every week. It just came out this morning, actually. And we're seeing the Patriots' odds climb every single week, and for good reason. I mean, they're now the number two seed in the AFC. they got a great win streak going. I love Mac Jones. He's getting a lot of confidence every single week. And, of course, he has a great ground game to rely on, a good offensive line, and a defense is playing very hot as well when it comes to coverage and also putting pressure on the passer by getting through those tackles. So this Patriots team, they're going to be a tough out in the playoffs. But, again, in my opinion, the playoffs are a whole different kind of game. 
And I don't know if a rookie quarterback is going to bring you enough up where he can put the game on his shoulders if everything else is going wrong and lead that offense to victory through the air with the wideouts that he has. The playoffs are a whole different game, and it's kind of a reason why I'm, I don't know what to make of the Arizona Cardinals, right? I mean, they're 9-2. and two. They're the number one seed in the NFC West, but this is, a, this is a tandem of Kyler Murray and Chris Kingsbury that's never been to the playoffs before. Wouldn't you rather put your stock in a guy like Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady looking at the AFC when it comes to Matt Jones and the Patriots? Wouldn't you rather put your stock in Andy Reid or Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, John Harbaugh? You know, I really do like what this Patriots team is doing, but in terms of Matt Jones leading New England to glory once again in year one, I'm not buying that just yet. Mm, well said there, Jordan DeJani, CBS Sports uh, NFL writer for them and giving us all the business today. What do you think about this matchup? Let's stay on the, you know, the Pats versus the Bills. I think it's a huge matchup. How do you see this playing out and how they match up? I'm excited for this game. This has to be the game of the week. I mean, when it comes down to the AFC East and jockeying for playoff position, uh, these are two very good teams that are both coming off of big wins. And I think it's truly a measuring stick game for Matt Jones because let's say the Bills jump out to an early lead, then Matt Jones might have to shoulder more of the load like I was talking about a second ago. Let's see if he can lead this team through victory when everything is not going well on the defensive side of the ball or on the ground as well. Now, as for the Bills, you know, coming into this matchup, just looking at it straight up, I'm kind of riding Buffalo right now. I think this could potentially be a letdown spot for Bill Belichick, especially with the game being in Buffalo. Now, the Bills have been up and down all this season, no doubt about it, but they might have exercised some demons against Trevor Simeon and the New Orleans Saints on Thanksgiving. You know, they're going to have a longer week to do it, so we'll see, we'll see how they come out and how they look in terms of consistency on the offensive side of the ball. I was a little surprised that Vegas agreed with me. I think when the line reopened, it was actually at Bills minus three. A lot of people were surprised at that. It's been bet down to minus two and a half over at Caesar Sportsbook. I'm looking at it right now. So I'm leaning towards the Bills in this matchup. But I think all eyes are going to be on Mac Jones and how he fares against one of the best defenses in the NFL. Well, I have a two-part question here before I pass it back to Mickey, and that is, dark horse to make the playoffs that's kind of on the cusp of not making it or maybe not in contention right now because maybe they're just one game out and what a, a surprise team to make the playoffs that's not actually having a, a winning record or maybe just 500 so yeah for dark horses man you know i'm looking at maybe the indianapolis colts i don't mm, think that's really oh. fit their category of dark horse they are six and six they they're currently bad the number 10 seed in the AFC, so they got to get up to number seven. It's a very jumbled playoff picture, so that's going to be harder said than done. Um, another team that I'm really looking at right now is, is probably the Washington football team. Yeah. I don't know if a lot of people know this, but all of a sudden, if the season ended right now, they would be in the playoffs. They just secured that number seven yes. seed with their big win over the Seattle Seahawks. So this is, a, this is a team playing some good ball right now. I'm excited to see what they can do. All right, and then who's on the other side of that? Who falls to the wayside that everybody just say, yep, they're going to make it to the playoffs. Yeah, that's a good question. For the NFC, you know, I, I, I don't want to say the Los Angeles Rams just yet. Mm -hmm. uh, Matthew Stafford is dealing with a lot of different injuries. And, you know, that for the first time this year, I think I'm worried about the Rams in terms of their status as legitimate contenders. I think they can still make the playoffs, so maybe they don't fit the answer to this question. Keep an eye on the San Francisco 49ers. You know, can they keep up the, the ground game and how successful it's been over the past couple of weeks? They put together a nice win streak for themselves, but the whole issue with this and this team just in general is, is consistency. Are they going to be able to keep it up? 
Now, as for the AFC, you know, I have, a, I have an easier answer. I'm looking at the Los Angeles Chargers right now. You never know what you're going to get out of this team every single Sunday. They're 6-5. and five. They're currently in the playoffs at the number seven seed. Right behind them are a couple of division rivals in the Denver Broncos and the Las Vegas Raiders. I already brought up the Colts. The Cleveland Browns are sitting at 6-6. Six and six. You know, it's going to be a very jumbled picture, and I want to see more consistency from this Chargers offense as well. Justin Herbert, there's no question about it. He is a franchise quarterback. But when you go back and look at the film against the Broncos this past Sunday, you know, he was missing some easy looks. He was inaccurate with the ball. Um, he, he was missing wide-open guys down the field. Uh, can't Brandon Staley really right the ship and get this team to play good ball on both sides? So the Chargers are a team to keep an eye on as we head down this final stretch. Mm, one more for me, and that is, is Russell Wilson and the Seahawks, is it time to get a divorce here and, and move on? Because, man, he hadn't won his last four starts, and they just don't they don't look good. Yeah, that's what, that's what everyone's talking about right now. And, you know, I probably brought it up on your show a month or two ago talking about Russell Wilson. You know, we heard reported drama last offseason, and, and as I've said, I thought that was maybe a little bit overhyped. I do think he was a bit disgruntled, but what has happened this season with his injury and then failures on the field, his inaccuracies, you know, that, that could lead that reported disgruntlement or whatever you want to call it to bubble up to the surface once again. And that's why if I had to put my money down right now, it just feels like Russell Wilson's going to be playing uh, for a different team uh, in 2022. And, uh, you know, the really interesting part about this is, is this going to be something that the Seahawks would be okay with? You know, like you said, you brought up the word divorce. You know, would this be kind of an amicable, amicable split where Russell Wilson, you know, they're able to find a trade partner and work together as two parties to reach a conclusion that benefits both parties? But, man, let me tell you, the past couple of weeks have been rough. They're sitting at 3-8. and eight. It really does seem like the season is over for this Seattle team. This has got to be something that they're talking about behind closed doors. Mm, we're on with J.D. with uh, CBS Sports NFL writer. Jordan DeJani, that's right. Hey, there's a quote out of uh, Jacksonville. Urban Meyer is not leaving the Jags. He has no plans to go back to college football. Here would be my question, Jordan. Should he? I mean, he could probably get the Notre Dame job, and that was always supposedly his dream job. Here's his chance. <laughs> yeah, if, if a coach ever tells me something, I just don't believe it. That's just kind of my ground rule here. But uh, with, with Urban Meyer, you know, if you ask me what he should do, I think it really comes down to what he wants personally. Like, if this NFL industry is truly a dream of his and he wants to see if he can make it work, then, you know, I'm going to stick around. I think college will always be there. The next coaching carousel, if things don't go well in 2022 – um, but at the same time, you know, if, if he's behind closed doors and really thinking about his opportunities and looking at the other different opportunities that are on this college landscape, um, you know, I guess he would be able to make a jump at it because there's going to be parties that are always going to be able to listen to him if he wants to jump ship yet again. So I, I believe him in the sense of I think he's going to be coaching the Jaguars again in 2022. But at the same time, like I said, you really, you really never know what's going through these coaches' heads. What do you think happens with the Steelers? Mike Tomlin said, uh, what, uh, the Steelers are open to changes with personnel, with scheme, with everything. Can they, can they get things rolling? Cause they, they might be another one of those Blaine teams where can, can they finish strong enough to make the playoffs or do they fade this year? Yeah, I was thinking about the Steelers as well, but, you know, I'm kind of jumping off the bandwagon. This was a team coming into the season that I thought could repeat and maybe grab a wild card spot because seemingly the entire NFL world was out on them. But, you know, the, the thing that's really shocked me about this team are just the inconsistencies on the defensive side of the ball. 
Uh, I mean, it's, it's pretty astounding. They've allowed 40-plus points in consecutive games for the first time since 89. They've never done it in three straight games, 130-plus rushing yards in four straight games. That's the first time since 1999. I mean, there's a lot of advanced stats that just show you that the Steelers' defense is doo-doo. And I, you know, I think that personnel changes oh, and wow. trying to open up to listen you know, what, with what your assistants want to do in terms of scheme would probably be a smart thing. But the Steelers really do like Mike Tomlin. You know, he's going to be there for the long run. I think the uh, biggest thing they need to talk about this offseason is obviously the quarterback situation, but that's not the only thing the Steelers have to face right now. Who, Jordan? Uh, we're on with Jordan Dijani. We, we, we have a caller, uh, you know, a couple callers, but we, we'll you know, take a call and see if uh, you have the answers for him. All right, let's, let's do this. Uh, Jordan, before we let you go, we've got a bunch of people on hold who want to talk NFL. Let, let's do, we'll do one call together. You cool with that? Yeah, let's do it. We'll mix in. Uh, all right, let me make sure I got you locked in here. Let's get uh, Cody from Cody from Dixon will join us. Cody, say hello to uh, Jordan let's, let's be quick, Cody, let's go. Hello, everybody. Hey, I'm Mickey. I'm kind of like you. I like to play devil's advocate every now and then. And, you know, I'm almost 60 years old, and I remember back in the day, and even back in Wayne's time, uh, you know, there used to be two-a-day practices, most of which was padded. By the time the regular season came around, the players was ready for the NFL season. With this last CBA, uh, they collectively bargained themselves out of the two-a-days and out of a lot of padded practices. How much of that has to do maybe with the amount of player injuries? Appreciate the phone call. Good point. What do you say, Jordan? What do you think? I agree with him. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's a good answer or a good question for Blaine, but because I never played the game at a high level, but I, I think that's actually a great point. You know, I think that the lack of preseason, the lack of some of these really tough practices, that's helping up your bodies before you, you know, ready yourself for the grueling 17, now 17 game season. You know, that's going to be important. And I think we're seeing a lot of these soft tissue injuries that maybe, maybe a certain percentage of them could be avoided. So I think that's a good point, And I would probably agree with that. Yeah, I agree too. Jordan, hey, man, thank you. Thank you for uh, for taking phone calls with us. Maybe we can do some more of that in the future, but uh, always look forward to uh, catching up with you every week. Absolutely. Appreciate you guys. Have a good show. Yes, sir. Yeah, catch him. Uh, CBS Sports got a great story up there about Gronk. You can catch that and uh, all of his writing. All right, we come back. Philly Mike, J.D. and Spring Hill, hold on. We got time to take both your calls before we wrap things up today on the Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline. It's Blaine and Mickey, 1045 The Zone. Blade to Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Hey, appreciate all the participation, the texts and the Zone TV shout-outs and conversations and everything that everybody's saying. Uh, always particip- enjoy your participation with this, too. We are building a field of toys to benefit the Salvation Army's Forgotten Angels program thanks to Planet Fitness and Freedom Boat Club of Nashville. So while you're out doing your holiday shopping, remember those in need this holiday season, you can pick, an, pick up an unwrapped toy Bring it to Nissan Stadium. Our toy field drive is next Tuesday. Gosh, that's hard to believe. Next Tuesday, December 7th. For more information, you can visit 1045thezone.com. Also, uh, shout out to our friends at uh, T-Mobile for helping make this happen. All right, we got plenty of time to take these calls. J.D. and then Philly Mike going to wrap us up today. J.D., thanks for calling Blaine and Mickey. Hey, nice talk with you guys. Blaine, i got a question being your former player. And uh, you might not be able to relate to this right here. Okay. I know the league keeps telling we're all about player safety. We're all about player safety this, player safety that. But 
I know they took a preseason game away to extend the season, but as you look at your schedule, you don't have a bye until your 13th game. I mean, who does this? And they, I mean, they can, how can they justify their about player safety when, I mean, shouldn't they, why not have another break in between or something, anything? Right. And I'll hang up and listen. That's a great question. And there, oh, yeah, yeah. there's four teams who don't have a bye week until next week. So yeah, yeah, they, we've been saying this for a while. This is, uh, you know, you know, the player safety is when it's only convenient for them. <laughs> yeah, let's just say that. Let's be honest, because I think they're going to increase uh, the regular season games. I think they're going to get up to twenty. There may be uh, no preseason games. I think that's what they're preparing for. Uh, and I don't really believe. And the and the players were suckers, and that oh, we don't have to wear pads during preseason. Oh, really? That really helped you. That's what y'all wanted. Yeah, so that 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 all of that is just wrong on both sides. But no, the NFL has nothing. They don't care about the player safety. They care about their uh, billion uh, dollars that they making. I think is what they're up to about thirty billion a year that they make, or so whatever the number is. So I can't count that high. So yeah, they they don't. Yeah, but they gotta say it in soft play. You notice how they hadn't said that very much here recently. No, nope. going into the season, uh, they can't use that as oh we're gonna start in the preseason. Really. Mm-mm. And so what happens is, to me, you get uh, a bad product from the players early on in the season because they're not playing preseason. You definitely need a game or two to get prepared for the regular season, let alone with the pads on. It's, just, it's impossible. You can go work out like a warrior and do really good, and I can be in great shape. But until you start having contact, are you in football shape? Yeah, just, <laughs> that's, it is what it is. Yeah, that's yeah. where they're going. Let's get Philly Mike in next on this uh, Mark Spain hotline philly mike what's going on man all right guys what's going on man blaine and mickey good job as usual man hey thank you philly mike hey Hey, philly mike let me ask you hey can i ask you a question first you from philly Uh, you got to be from philly right so what do you think about byler's donuts i could eat my weight in those things they're okay uh oh my uh, I, i still miss dunkin donuts back in the northeast uh, you know, Philly cheesesteaks and stuff like that. But uh, I love the Nashville area, man, so I'm enjoying myself down here. Fair enough. All right. Uh, what you got for us, man? All right. Um, you know, sports now is a 12-month job. So I think the cause to a lot of these injuries, guys, is that these athletes are worried about their jobs. So they're going to work out 12 months a year. They don't give their bodies a chance to rest. When I played college ball at St. Joseph's University in Blaine, you know where that is in Philly, part of the big five mm-hmm. i was starting forward from 74 to 78 so once we lost in the playoffs in march i didn't touch a ball for like three months give my body a chance to heal up and i will start working out in july i think a lot of these nfl guys man they they're working out 12 months a year they don't give their body a chance to rest so by the time they, they do come back for real their body anything any tweak or any type of deal hurts them so I think that is a major cause. And a lot of the other callers have some great points about no two-a-days, um, shortening the preseason. You need to have your body ready because in college basketball, I never played in the NBA, but in college basketball, I wasn't right until we had six weeks of practice, and then we had a couple preseason college games, then I was ready to, to play against Villanova, Georgetown, St. John's, and everyone else. So yeah. what do you guys thought? on a 12-month job that these guys don't give themselves a break 
and they're always worried about other players coming in to take their jobs. Mm-hmm. I think there's uh, some truth to that. No doubt about it. Uh, but I'm sure it's all individual cases. Uh, but it definitely not like back in the day, you know. Some guys used to not work. They had other jobs. You know, we got one caller called in talking about, you know, the 70s and 80s. You know, older players, you know, guys had other jobs. So they weren't working out. Well, you've you, you got about like a minute left. A caller called in earlier and said, I'd love to see like how many guys were on injured reserve on any team, you know, in any random week in 1974. Mm-hmm. Well, you nailed it. They all had other jobs. I know that's hard for people to believe, but they made like thirty thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and then like a bunch of the Chiefs guys worked for General Motors. So there's a story of Bobby Bell where they played the longest NFL game in history, and he said, "I had to work at General Motors the next day." Ooh, that's a real thing that happened. <laughs> and guys sold insurance. Roger Staubach, who we talked about earlier, he started um, uh, a real estate business, mm-hmm. and then he made a lot more money with that than he ever did playing football in the seventies. So guys had other jobs. So literally, training camp was to get in shape to play the season. That's what they had it for. And now yes. they're saying that no, you have a you know the money's gotten so big. To the caller's point is they don't they work out year round and it's never enough break. And then I still believe you have to have contact to prepare for contact. Yes. Uh, so that that is a big one for me because I'm telling you one thing. I, I would have my body right and ready to go, but that first shot that I gave or somebody gave me, it hurt, man. It was like, uh oh. I better get ready. This is different than uh, practice. So you need game. You need game hitting. All right. On the way out, it, it, Brett, is this Shane Beamer is maybe in the mix at Oklahoma? Correct. I think that's the name we we're waiting to hear, and it looks like Shane Beamer is the possibility of the name that might be going to Oklahoma. He did a great job at South Carolina this year. It should be outlawed. He can't go. <laughs> he we did got, a great job at the South Carolina. I know, I know, but we got to go. Well, it'll still be in the SEC. It's just a roundabout way of coming back with Oklahoma. Uh, Three of y'all have all the details next. Uh, So stick around. They got you covered for the rest of the afternoon. Tomorrow we'll be at T-Mobile on Hillsborough Road. So come by and see us there. We'll be there all afternoon. And we will see you tomorrow. And happy Wednesday. And as always, peace. peace.